It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with the pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And <laughs> thought we were done talking about coaching movement, impact of coaching changes, coaching hires. And here we are again on the Michigan Recruiting Insider talking about the impact of coaching moves for the Michigan football staff as Brian Jean-Marie is out. Matt Weiss is in. Brian Bellamy goes to safeties. George Hilo goes up to linebackers. Joining me to talk about all things Michigan football recruiting, as they do on a weekly basis, members of the best team in the game. Starting off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good. It's, uh, what, 36 hours, 24 hours removed from beating Ohio State in a big game for the first time since I've been with 24-7. I feel like <laughs> yeah, maybe so, I think it was the first time they won at value city since 2014. I think it was. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, good momentum there. And then, yeah, never, a, never a day of rest, uh, with the football staff, with the recruiting and stuff like <laughs> <Crazy>. literally <laughs> crazy, man. Uh, Bryce marriage. How are you doing? Good. I, it's wild. You, I write a, a story or two on a guy, you know, recruiting a certain kid, and next thing you know, he's coaching another position. So that's outdated already. You know, man, so. I thought, talking about Brian Jean-Marie going to Tennessee, I thought, because I'd heard that they, were, that they were making a run at him, and I heard he had turned him down. I'd heard he had turned him down a couple of times. And then Friday came, uh, and it was sounding like, okay, he he's really considering making this jump because they came at him a third time but you know there is some talk there is at least a uh there is at least some effort i don't think that they necessarily you know threw the gauntlet down to keep brian jean marie but there was at least some effort uh to keep him but at the end of the day you guys know how it is once you feel like someone else wants you more than the place that you're at you know you 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 make that jump and i think for for michigan this is not unlike to me and i wrote this this is not unlike to me when Jim saw an opportunity to bolster his run game um, with Greg Fry, when Tyrone Wheatley left in 2017, thought being that you go out and hire another running backs coach. Instead, he went out and hired a second offensive line coach uh, because of all the great success they had had at at Indiana running the football and those explosive attacks they had back at that time. Uh, You know, I think this, the same logic applies here, even though, Matt Weiss is the quarterback's coach uh, and it's good for them to have a dedicated quarterback's guy because I, you know, talking to a lot of coaches like, man, that's gonna be hard for uh, hard for Jim to hard for Jim to do that full time and all the responsibilities he has as a head coach. Is he going to have a GA? Is he going to have someone else on the coaching staff that's really also involved with the quarterbacks? Now you got a dedicated quarterback's coach. So I absolutely believe Jim Harbaugh will still be involved with the quarterbacks. But you got a dedicated quarterbacks coach now that fills that gap that a lot of coaches I talked to are like, man, that's going to be really hard to do. Now, now not so much. But additionally, you get a guy in Matt Weiss who is, I mean, he is super into analytics, uh, really praised for that, and he knows their run game. I mean, he is a a technician as far as that's concerned, Bryce. And I'm, I mean, Stephen, I, I know you've heard some some similar things along those lines. Yeah, it's like he's really, really smart. That was the first, which, I mean, you're going to be smart if you're a college assistant, but, like, that's, like, his his M.O. is, like, he's um, a nerd of the state. You know, I mean, like, the, the other stuff, all the, the intangible, uh, not tangible statistics and stuff that maybe are over regular people's heads, you know. And, and also the game strategy apparently is a really big – I can't remember the stats. There's a, I have to go back. Maybe I'll post it on the board. Uh, something about – certain uh in situation there's some certain uh scenario situational type stuff where the ravens really really excelled and he was the guy that was given credit for that uh i know when searching around a little bit on him after the hire was originally reported i know that a, a few uh what appear to be semi-reputable fan sites but still uh sites that were kind of touting him for 
maybe offensive coordinator for the Steelers. I know that was one area where there were a couple articles about people saying Matt Weiss would be a great offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're looking for a guy or what, but uh, either way is like the guys at least mentioned in a very highly positive manner in that regard. Uh, so from a coaching standpoint, it feels like a great addition given the circumstances. I mean, this wasn't something that we were necessarily talking about or expecting uh, until the last like what 72, 96 hours or whatever. So uh, recruiting wise that that's, we don't know yet. Right. I, I don't, yeah. I yeah. really, yeah. really nothing to, cause he hasn't been in the college game for, a while, right? I mean, how long has it been? Like eight? He was a GA for Harbaugh at Stanford, I believe. Uh, you know, and that was, I believe, his last real college experience. So, but he's young. I always say young guys are usually at least energetic on the trail. And I got to think they're not going to do that. He's not just going to be recruiting quarterbacks, I would think. I mean, I, I would just not. Yeah, be, I mean, that that would know? be, that would really limit. I mean, that was one of the things. Did we ever really hear about Ben McDaniels in, in recruiting? And no. That's, that's one of the reasons why I would be surprised if, you know, bringing, bringing Matt Weiss in and just what we hear about him, it just seems like it would be a waste to just have him on quarterbacks. You know, and again, I mean, that's that's all just projection. We don't know what it means on the recruiting trail, what he's going to be on the recruiting trail. Just about what we hear. I mean, you know, the players really like him. Really, really uh, analytical thought to be a bright mind. Just seems like it would play well on the recruiting trail. And this is, you know, for them to make this move, it just, it, it, it said to me that this is a guy that Jim had been looking at already uh, anyway. Now, it didn't work out in the first round of hires with him winding up on the staff, but just knowing him, getting to know Jim over the years, I think the minute it became clear that, you know, that, that Tennessee was very much in play, I think his mind immediately turned to, you know, I can boost the run game. And, and we've talked about before, you know, the, about how versatile he sees when, when he looks at Jay, he sees a lot of versatility. I know they thought about at one point having him be on defense, and I, and I know that that was a consideration with Ron. When the talk first started, there was some talk that he might wind up, uh, you know, landing on the defensive side of the ball. Lo and behold, here he is on the defensive side of the ball now at the safety position, which will probably lend to some understandable nervousness when it comes to, uh, you know, making that move right before, right as spring ball is about to start, right? But it is a position that he played. It is a position that he coached at the high school level. And you're you're in the position group with Mo Linguist who, you know, provides for you the, you know, the guardrails or the parameters that kind of help you hit the ground and with a, with a learning curve that isn't quite so steep that as it would be if you were just thrown to the wolves and say, okay, go do this without another guy in, in the room. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. Obviously there's some gamble with the, with the inexperience, but recruiting wise, now let's start talking about the recruiting impact. Of Brian Jean Marie leaving. Recruiting wise, overall, guys, it's early enough in the recruiting process that I just don't think that it's going to uh, affect Michigan tangibly. That's not to say that Brian Jean Marie isn't an excellent recruiter because I think he, he is and was and would have shown that prowess on the, on the recruiting trail this year. But I just think Ron Bellamy's going to be a beast on the recruiting trail too. So I don't think they'll drop off there. We have to, I think, focus mostly on specific guys. Are there specific guys that he was recruiting that maybe have a short turnaround time for making a decision that he might impact? And Steve, the guy that comes most vividly to mind is Josh Burnham, Traverse City Central, the kid that we talked about a lot on this podcast. Yeah, a guy that yes, <laughs> nothing's gone right. In that recruitment, as far as like this type of stuff, you know, I know it was a, a little bit of trepidation after the, the original defensive staff turnover. You know, I think his he and his family had questions, as anybody would. Uh, but then for Jean Marie on top of the you know the, the position coach, which again we've as you said, Sam, they're recruiting him as an athlete technically, but I think we all think uh, maybe best as a edge guy at the linebacker position, right? I mean, that's that's we'll see. But either way, definitely the first guy you think of. I know Michigan. Kind of had to take a step back and like it's like hope you know, kind of cross their fingers, like hopefully this isn't going to be a bad thing with him. I, I don't suspect it's going to be. I, I don't think it's going to change a ton. Uh, I believe Mike McDonald has done a good job 
Sharon Moore has been involved in Burnham's recruitment the entire time. You remember he kind of took over all of in-state for a short while there. So he was involved with Burnham um, as much as anybody was for, for quite a long time there. So uh, that's, that's where I think Michigan can kind of bridge that gap a little bit there. I assume Hilo will probably get involved now as, as being the linebackers guy too. So, um, and, and, you know, there were questions about him on the trail, at least so far, it feels like he's been pretty well. Like, I feel like he's done a good job. We've gotten some really good reviews from guys uh, on, on early relationship building stuff with him. So, you know, yeah, definitely not the worst time uh, to lose an assistant coach given the situation. And I agree, you know, we don't know enough about Weiss to say that as a strictly from recruiting, it may be a slight net negative, you know, cause he's John Marie's going to be a really good recruiter for Tennessee. Uh, you know, obviously I think that's probably one of the primary reasons Tennessee went after him. I mean, he's obviously a good coach too, but he is a really, really good recruiter, but yeah, I mean, Michigan, really kind of just starting to build the relationship with a lot of their board at that position. So I think there's plenty of time with a lot of these guys who may wait to try to take visits and all that kind of stuff, you know, give Michigan a lot of time to, you know, really just kind of move on and, and keep building with, with the guys they have. Yeah. I think uh, he's a guy, I know he just released the top three Michigan's in that top three. I want to say all of us have crystal balls favoring Michigan right now. He comes from a family that grew up loving you know, the maize and blue. So it's like, what's the holdup? Well, he doesn't know who's going to be coaching him half the time with Michigan. And so that's kind of a thing. And they also want to take visits. His dad's made that very clear. He wants to check out Michigan. They want to check out Notre Dame. They want to see a couple other schools before they make that final decision. And he just wants to get to know, know the coaches better. So it makes sense. You know, this is a big decision for any kid. And so he wants to make sure he's making the right decision, but at the moment, like Steve said, I think Michigan, compared to, I want to say, in recent years, they just seem to have a better just, I don't know, but just the translation or the just how, you know, when a kid loses communication with a coach, it seems like there's not a drop-off compared to maybe previously there might have been. So a lot of these kids, that doesn't seem to be the problem anymore. Steve alluded to Sharon Moore and who's already been kind of taking care of Burnham and making sure, hey, he's talking to him, staying in communication, letting him know you're still a top guy for us. I know that he's not the only coach doing that as well. So I think at this point, Michigan's still in a really good position, but he's just going to have to get to know the new coaches, especially George Hilo. But the one thing about I will say with Hilo brings a lot of energy, passionate, and he seems to really connect with the kids. So that's a big plus. And let's not forget, I mean, what we keep going back to with, with Josh, his entire family, huge, huge Michigan fans, huge Michigan fans. And I, I think that that's not to say that that's the reason that you, you pick a school or that you pick Michigan, but I think it makes them partial to rolling with the punches, right? Yeah, it's a, another coach gone, but the, the McDonald idea or plan for him is the same defensively. I think he liked their appreciation for his versatility. I don't think that he's made up his mind that he wants to give offense a go, but that they think enough of him to throw that on the table, I think really meant something to him. So, I, you know, all those all those things are still the same. Was Brian John Marie the catalyst to get him offered? Sure. Uh, but I think that the, you know, the the chance before he left to, to really introduce others uh, most significantly, most notably, uh, Mike McDonald into that recruitment was crucial. And as you pointed out, Steve, you got Sharon Moore that's still around, being heavily, heavily involved in that recruitment. And George Hilo uh, it has been as active. I mean, we talk a lot about Molinguist. I mean, George Hilo's activity on the recruiting trail belies every. I mean, it it, it does not is not consistent with what the Maryland people were saying, right? About what he was going to bring to the table. He has been much more. Uh, much more of a factor, at least as far as offers and kids talking about him so far. But what about what about the the positive impact that we can see coming from these moves? The guy who jumps out to me and jumped out to me immediately upon hearing the news of Ron Bellamy of all these moves happening and Ron Bellamy going over to safeties was Dylan Tatum, and one of the first guys that Ron reached out to because I talked to Dylan last night. As you saw in the story over on the MichiganInsider.com, one of the first guys he talked to was, was Dylan, saying, hey, I'm going to be coach of safeties. And for a kid 
who went through a phase, went through a period where Michigan was a little down on this because he didn't hear from him, didn't know what his role would be, didn't know how much they wanted him. Then they started talking to him. He started liking him a lot again, but still needed to get to know those other coaches. Needed to get to know McDonald more and Linguist more and Hilo more before you could really, before he would really come forward and say, yeah, they're on top. Then when I talked to him last night and Ron Bellamy is there, he was like, well, they've always been, <laughs> they've always been at the top or it near it. And he sort of waffled a little bit. So they've been near the top. We were kind of back and forth with Michigan and Michigan State, some Baylor in there. Uh, but this is the relationship piece. And the first thing he mentioned when he said, when talking about the criteria for his decision, he said relationship with the coach. Guys, there will not be a coach who he has a better relationship with than Ron Bellamy. So people keep asking me, are you putting your crystal ball in? Absolutely dropping my crystal ball down for Dylan Tatum to Michigan in the aftermath of this move. I think Michigan was in good shape before, uh, but I think they're in better shape now. I think they're going to be tough to beat, not a slam dunk, not calling it a gut feeling uh, because he he wants to visit Florida. Michigan State has done an outstanding job of prioritizing him, making him like the top recruiter on their board. That's the way they're recruiting him. Baylor has made some noise, but if relationships are the key or if, if that's going to be the biggest factor, I think Michigan has the biggest ace. They got the trump card there that will beat all the rest. So time will tell, but put my crystal ball in for Dylan Tatum, guys. You can, Yeah, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> talk about the chips not fall, like with Burnham that they've fallen kind of weirdly for Tatum. It seems like everything's slowly fallen in place for Michigan here in that regard. Uh, first Bellamy gets hired, period, which you think, okay, can't hurt, definitely going to help. He says, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, now it's like, <laughs> you know, now he's going to be the guy coaching you if you go there, you know. So uh, kind of a weird, neat little uh, twist, I think, to that recruitment and stuff. And and a guy that, again, I, I just he's a guy you got to take either way. I just think he's that I think he's that good. He is an in-state prospect. You know, again, he's a kid that quietly has a ton of offers. You know, I don't think people talk enough about that. So, um, yeah, I suspect I think Will Fong went in. Didn't he? he, did. he yeah, yeah, right. yeah, Wolfong um, win it, but you know, <laughs> Steve is more, he's a little more aggressive with his Right. Ball. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> should, should make that clear there. Um, he, I mean, he says it though. He, it's the pulse. He goes with the pulse right. of the recruitment. That's how he uses it. Um, suspect we'll see some more uh, coming in as, as things go, that things go forward, you know, barring something crazy. So. Yeah. You know, I am, I have feelers out to see if, if Ron has connected with Will Johnson, Will Johnson is set to make his decision on Sunday. Uh, it most believe, as I do, as I reported on last week, that this is changed from a Michigan-Ohio State battle into a Michigan-USC battle. And one that is not – look, I think the worst thing you could do is assume that USC has no footing in this. Absol- USC absolutely has some footing in this when you consider Dante Williams – is an ace recruiter. He had a great visit out there. You got Damani Jackson, uh, you know, doing his recruiting thing. I think everything that makes Will feel feel even more comfortable is a positive for Michigan. So I'm I'm interested in connecting with him to see. And uh, now Ron Bellamy is on defense. You know, a coach that you know another familiar face, another positive factor for him in the equation when he was just hired to the staff. Now he's on defense too. Got to feel like, or I feel like, that's another positive for Michigan when it comes to landing Will Johnson. And that uh, decision is set to come down on Sunday. So uh, Ohio State would never rule them out. They're still in the mix. Uh, but I think the, the biggest factor, the biggest obstacle, the biggest competition for Michigan right now is Will Johnson. And we got, what, five, six days left of battle to, to wage, to fight. So we'll see how that one goes. I still like my crystal ball right now. Uh, If that changes, I will certainly let you guys know on the board. But a guy who – now let's talk about a guy who who maybe – and you talked about this this kid before, Steve. A guy who maybe Michigan moves up into the puncher's chance. They won't move into the favorite circle or anything like that. But a guy who Michigan is certainly going to have a puncher's chance with now, in my opinion, by virtue of this move – is a kid from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. I think I said that right. Ponchatoula, Louisiana. A kid by the name of Jacoby Matthews. 
Jacoby Matthews is a four-star safety. And the interesting thing about him, they dropped an offer. I think Hilo dropped an offer on him uh, late last month. Now, there is a connection. So Jacoby Matthews, his high school coach at Ponchachula was Ron Bellamy's high school coach at Archbishop Shaw. And so you got a you got a built in in there. And I think that's one of the things that they kind of, you know, one of the things that kind of got Michigan in the fray, so to speak, was that uh, that connection there. But here you have a guy who can get to the coach, who can gauge what kind of, you know, what what they need to do, what they need to say, just to be a factor in the mix. And this is one of this is one of um, one of that coach's success stories. You know, it's uh, the coach's coach's name is Hank Tierney. He's one of the all time, you know, best high school coaches in the state of Louisiana. Guys that came from that from that school. Um, Ryan Clark was uh, I think Ryan Clark may have been a a couple years before Ryan Uh, Vance Joseph uh, is from that school. So they've pumped out some big time talent. And I heard that this kid is, you know, he's been telling coach Tierney's been telling. All those guys that Jacoby Matthews is the best player he's ever coached. And, and Steve, I mean, I think in that seven-on-seven seven that we we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, man, they say this, this kid was tremendous. He had like five or six interceptions down there at, at that event and just completely blew everyone away. Some people thought he was the top dude in, in attendance. So now obviously you're talking about LSU, right? You're talking about Alabama. You're talking about Florida. You're talking about Oklahoma. You're talking about all the SEC Big 12 powers, this is going to be, you know, kind of going after Walter Nolan, right? But you take your shot. You know, you shoot your shot with a kid like this, especially when you have a connection. And Michigan has a connection here with Jacoby Matthews. So he's ranked as a four-star by us. I think we, we have him at 162nd in the country right now. So anybody listening, we'll, we'll, we'll have new 22, 2022 rankings coming out on Wednesday. Um, he will not be the 162nd player in the country on Wednesday. Uh, he will be much higher than that. So he is a, to me, another, which I don't know if it's just because Michigan's in on so many of this. It feels like defensive back is just loaded in the 22 cycle because he's another one to me that looks like, I mean, easily top 100, easily top 50 to me is a guy with five-star potential. Um, and you're talking about a high school coach who's coached a guy like Ryan Clark who had a lengthy NFL career at defensive back, uh, if this kid's better than him, uh, it says a lot about <laughs> what what this guy is capable of. Hey, so, and, and, and in case this somebody tags right, I didn't say it. That's the yeah, those no, are my words. That's, talk to Coach Tierney. He's yeah, go, one, yeah, he's telling people that. <laughs> yeah, go call your high school coach. You know, give him give him grief. But uh, again, another thing is like you already have a four star safety prospect committed. You're in good shape with a couple other guys. You know, I think Sherrod Colville is a kid that the new staff liked as a holdover from the other one. Another guy, actually, who will be seeing a significant bump in the next ranking set. Um, you know, we talked about Dylan Tatum as maybe even having some safety in him. But either way, you already have a guy like Groves. This is a kid that there, you you have, with that built-in connection, you have to take the shot. You have to go for it. There's a, literally no reason not to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that being said... Don't think the old staff would have even offered this kid to begin with. Um, you know, I think this is a, a, another signal. Even without the end, this might have been a kid I feel like they'd have offered, right? I just think it made it easier with Bellamy having such a good relationship. But uh, no, this kid's uh, he's something else. He's yeah. obviously pu- tough to pull from the South. Michigan, is it Drew Dilio still the last wow, player it's been to sign that out of Louisiana? I want to say the last I checked, wow. I always have to check Louisiana and Mississippi because Jeremy Lasseur is still the only player Michigan's yeah. literally ever signed out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, but I want to say Drew Dilio was the last scholarship player uh, to come out of Louisiana, you know, and they've had such a rich history there uh, under Lloyd Carr and even a little bit before that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Five-star level prospect. We're taking a shot on. They're going to, you know, he's going to have everybody after him. Yeah, you know, speaking of a, a guy who has a bunch of people trailing him, it's just a really, in case you missed the story that Bryce did on the kid, uh, I think you went to see Joe Strickland, didn't you, Bryce? Didn't you go see him last last fall? I did. I did, yep. Yeah, so great story. And a kid, Bryce, that Michigan has a really, maybe people aren't paying attention, but Michigan has a pretty good shot 
you know, at the young man from Indiana. Tell tell the folks about where you think Michigan stands. I think Michigan is at not at the top, but maybe close to it. I mean, they're better than position than most people think. He's 6'5", 245 pounds out of Indianapolis. Michigan's gotten guys out of that area before Chris Evans, Brandon Peters, some of them name a few. Um, but when I went to see him last year, I, you know, he's, he's big, but you can see he can add more weight. And so he has that versatility that what people say that position flexibility to where he, you can move him along the line. Um, and he's got the frame to where he could lose it or he can add more. So I think that's a plus for any player, you know, when you're considering them and looking at them as a school. But when I saw him, the, the first drive and the first three plays, he had two sacks. And I always laugh because I'm like, people say, well, how do you know about who's the guy you're going to watch? I'm like, they usually point themselves out without even having to do any work. And he did it for me. I mean, two sacks in the first drive. So he was a bull. Um I think the old staff liked him, but I wasn't sure how high they were on him. That's all different. That's all changed. Sean Nua is on him as hard as any defensive lineman they're recruiting right now. They just had a Zoom call. He told me, I just wrote a story, a piece on this. You can read it at the Michigan Insider. But he said, listen, the whole staff watched my film. They said, listen, I am definitely higher on their board. That's big. That's intriguing to me. Michigan offered back in April. Um, he actually took a dead period visit with his mom, came up earlier right. in the season. That's right. Yeah. So he's already seen Michigan. That. He's yeah, exactly. He's already seen Michigan. Mom wanted him to take that visit because she is big fan of Michigan. She really likes Michigan. She's from she went to Purdue, so she likes Purdue a lot. Um, and then dad he comes from good genes because dad played basketball back in the day for Auburn, and one of his teammates was Charles Barkley. Okay. So Okay. So there's a little little you know nugget there you can chew on. All right, so so Purdue. Okay, that you Purdue, got the mom connection got, there. You know they're strong in the mix. I imagine uh Indiana, they're trying to they're trying Indiana. to do their thing around Indianapolis and they've done a good job on the field here of late. So got to figure Yeah, got to figure that Indiana's in the mix. I guess I I wonder, I mean Notre Dame is is Notre Dame they in that mix. Offered them. They Notre Dame has not offered them. Joe Strickland. They have not offered him. He's camped there. He's been up there before, but they have not offered him. So, you know, I think, you know, he's a very high academic kid. He's got Stanford. He's got uh, Virginia. He's got a couple other. And, I mean, he's got, again, offers from coast to coast, Arizona State, um, Boston College, Michigan State, Minnesota. I mean, he's got over a dozen offers to say. So, Michigan, I think this is a kid, and Steve talked about uh, him earlier to me, but I think he's a very gettable kid. From Michigan, you know, they keep pushing. There's a lot of signs where I say, listen, I think he can land in this class and they need more beef. Yeah, I think, do. you know, they talked to him about this, but they said, listen, we look at you as a defensive end, but slash hybrid tackle. And that's really intriguing to me because they're not ruling out the possibility he does get bigger. And with the loss of Alex Van Summer and they need some bigger guys. I'm not saying he's going to ever hit 300 pounds, but he could be a guy that gets easily 275 Mm -hmm. and where you can you know third down rushing put them in the middle maybe you know or put them on the edge or whatever have them even stand up i when i watched watched him play he was standing up you know and he's blitzing so he can do quite a bit michigan's right in there he loves sean newa sean newa zoomed him basically every thursday very you know very passionate very you know he loves the staff and I know he wants to take another visit as well. So Michigan, this is one where if they keep pushing, I think they have a great shot at him. Outstanding. So how do you say his school? Is it Brabo Jesuit? How do you say it? I am not the name person. You were at the school, Bryce. It was a great school. <laughs> Lovely area. Um, Jesuit. <laughs> you went to school. You didn't hear them say the name over the loud. It was a away game. It was a away game. It's, they I still didn't... have to say so and so first down for whoever the visiting I'm team. Sent, was. I was sent up the tripod. I, was, I had too much going on at the time. <laughs> well, hey, tough. if you guys know how to pronounce his school in Indianapolis, it's B R Perfu Jesuit. I'm gonna go with that. Befew. It's B R E B E U F. Bryce. I, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's if somebody knows how to pronounce it, tag Bryce and only Bryce on Twitter to, to get the 
pronunciation of that. I don't want to deal with it. Right. He up there can't even figure it out. So <laughs> at least you didn't ask me about Jean Mary this time. So that's good. Brian Jean Marie is happy that Bryce will no longer have to pronounce his name on the podcast. But uh, Joe Strickland, six four two forty five. Uh, 191 in the current rankings uh, for us. So, you know, a top 247 guy, a very high-value target for for Michigan on their defensive line board. We're going to take a pause here, and when we come back on the other side, we will jump into the early enrollees. And, you know, Bryce, he, he brought up a conversation. I was thinking, this that would be, would be good to have on the podcast. The guys that we think spring ball helps the most sort of boost their position for competition uh, in the spring and, of course, more importantly, in the fall. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we're back here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider, and spring ball is underway. And this is, I mean, this is always an opportune time, right, for the early enrollees to to kind of get their feet wet. If you can do so, to be able to, to do that, get acclimated to school for a couple of months before spring ball starts, get in winter conditioning, get that under your belt, right, and then practice without having to worry about preparation for a game where coaches can actually work with you and not have you on a scout team all the time this can really speed up the timeline for some young guys so let's jump into that Bryce I think your question was who does this help the most right who among the early enrollees benefits benefits the most from this understanding that they all do and for those who need maybe a little bit of a refresher about who the early enrollees are you have Raheem Anderson from Cast Tech, the uh, the interior lineman. You have Andro Anthony, the wide receiver. You have uh, Tristan Bounds, offensive lineman, blocks out the sun at six what six seven and about three hundred or so. Um, you have Junior Colson, linebacker from Nashville, Tennessee. Greg Crippen, uh, offensive lineman with IMG, but from Massachusetts. You have Christian Dixon, wide receiver from California. Donovan Edwards, of course, West Bloomfield, Michigan. Gio- Giovanni El Hadi. From Sterling Heights, Stevenson, J.J. McCarthy from the Nazareth Academy down there in Illinois, of course, went to IMG as a senior. So since it's your topic, Bryce, let's start with you and kind of jump into that. You know, which freshman do you look at and you say, you know what, this is going to help them the most? I, You know, it's easy to pick some of those names. Junior Colson, J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards. It just makes sense, right? But a name I think that people should talk about is Andre Anthony from East Lansing, Michigan, the wide receiver. Um, I've heard he's around now 6'2", 186. He's bulked up a little. And what's intriguing to me about him is when he played for the Trojans, he didn't see too many balls. They're really running offense. I mean, when he did get the ball thrown his way, he made plays. Um, and I think with this offense can be a very up-tempo, you know, no huddle, speed in space. He's a bigger wideout. Michigan doesn't have too many bigger wideouts as far as I know, you know. So I think he can contribute. I think he can make an impact right away if he can pick up on the offense and learn it. And I think he's a guy with his athleticism. He can really excel. I, I don't know if people know this, but at one point in his recruitment, he talked to Jawan Howard the basketball staff about potentially walking on. That's how good of a basketball player he was. So obviously he's got great ball skills. I don't know about as good as me. He never played me one-on-one, but 
he's he's elite basketball player as well. So I think when it comes to him, you know, he can go up and get the ball. He can high point it very well. He can run after the catch. And he's got a big body to where he can bully smaller defenders. So he's going to be my pick in terms of who spring ball can benefit the most. Yeah, he's uh, he's an intriguing guy because he's such a such a good athlete. You remember some schools were talking about him as a corner, a corner right? So exactly, it, it makes it, it's a good pick. And look for for a guy like Donovan Edwards. Look, it's about who does it help the most. If Donovan had come in the fall, Donovan Edwards is playing. Right? Does it help Donovan Edwards to come in, in in spring ball? Yes, but I think it helps other guys more than it helps him. Cause I that guy could have he could have come in two games into the season, and Donovan <laughs> Edwards is going to play, man. I, Steve, so where do you go with this? Who do you pick out as maybe the early enrollee that benefits the most? Uh, it's really difficult to think about this one. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say JJ McCarthy, the quarterback. <laughs> it was not difficult <laughs> at all to uh, to say JJ McCarthy. I know it's the easy answer. Uh, don't really care because I think if there's one guy who, you know, he's probably, you know, no disrespect to Dan Valari, but you got to think McCarthy's walking in on this, as of the second team Absolutely. quarterback, right? Uh, and in my opinion, with an opportunity to, as good as Cade McNamara looked in spots last season, you got to think that McCarthy has a shot, you know, with a really good spring to come right in and take this job. And so I think it's, it's, Super important for him uh, to get his feet wet and then to walk all the way into the water uh, this spring and, and immerse himself in the offense. We know mentally, right? We've talked about um, how much better of a person he is than all of us. Uh, I'll see. So I don't know the right way to say it. No, he's very just a great kid. I, that's all I really meant by that. I didn't mean anything negative by that. Um, just a great kid who seems wise beyond his years. You know, and I, from the from the mental standpoint zero doubt that he's ready for the challenge. Uh, it'll just be a matter of, you know, the physical aspect of just throwing the football, playing the game, learning the offense, you know? And so I think for him, big spring expectations are high, but again, that intangible stuff that we talked about, he's more equipped to handle that in his position than probably any kid I've talked to in that spot. I don't know, maybe ever, it's hard to say, but, uh, but still, I think so for him, I think it's a big time spring because you know, I think, yeah, he's got a real opportunity. He has a bigger opportunity, I think, than any, almost maybe any individual player on the team, regardless of class, uh, to come in and and kind of assert control right away. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback from LaGrange Park, Illinois. I went to Nazareth Academy and IMG Academy. And what it means to me to be here is everything. I've been waiting for this for a couple of years now, and I can't wait to seize the opportunity. Go Blue. Yeah, man, I, I, that's his video, the video intro from uh, the Michigan football Twitter account. And the thing that was immediately noticeable to me, and I wonder if you guys, did you, he just looks, he looks like he has put on some weight. Yep. I mean, I, I just, had just seen JJ, you know, a few months ago, and he was looking really, really slender. But I can look at those pictures and look at him now and say, yeah, man. And so I ask around. It's like, hey man, has JJ put on weight? You know, asking people in the program, and they say, yeah, man, he's he's put on, you know, 12, 15 pounds of 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 good weight of muscle. They say he's checking in at over two hundred now. So I mean, already the six, seven, I don't know how long they've been on campus. You know, six, eight weeks they've been on campus. Uh, he, the strength and conditioning and nutrition programs have done wonders for him. Uh, I agree with you, Steve. He absolutely is at least the backup. Is gonna push, is gonna push K McNamara. Obviously, K is the favorite. He has an advantage with the offense. He has an advantage with some some playing experience. But this is a kid that is, as you pointed out, Steve, he's so precocious. I mean, he he just has a knack for, you know a knack for for knowing how to connect with guys. I think that's important. You know, if he's really going to challenge for the for the job, can you connect with the guys on the roster, the guys you're charged with leading, the guys who have more experience with you than you? Can you do that? I think he's shown, whether that's at, at Nazareth Academy or at IMG, that he could do that. Uh, you know, and that the moment isn't too big. I mean, he stepped in at Naz as a sophomore. 
He went down to IMG last year, just popped in as a senior and led them on a run. So, you know, he's been he's been in this rodeo before. Obviously, this is a much bigger stage, uh, but I think that those experiences help him out a ton. But the guy I'm going to go with is off the off the path that, that you guys went on. Um, I, I think J.J. is positioned himself well, is going to position himself well, but likely the backup. There's a guy who I think is uniquely positioned to, uh, when you talk about the spring and fall camp, to vault himself into the starting lineup. Like I, of all the guys in this mix, the guy who I think, if he has a great spring and really, really good fall, uh, can go from backup to to starter as Raheem Anderson, and I know that's I know that might be be a surprise to some people because you don't see freshman linemen start, right? But Michigan has a void at the center position, guys. I mean, we we talked about it before, and the Zach Carpenter transfer is just man. That guy was supposed to be your starting center for the next three years, and he's gone, and he's at he's at Indiana, and then it it, it just it. It leaves you with, while there are some guys who are on the roster that can play center, leaves you with a guy like Raheem Anderson, who we talk about those precocious kids. And Bryce, I remember you went to one of his workouts, right? He ran the whole workout. That, But that's that was not an anomaly for him. Think about Raheem Anderson's background at Cass. I mean, this is a kid that as a, you go back to his freshman year, He's a four-year starter over there. And he was a he got named captain as a sophomore, guys, at Cass Tech of all schools. So you you're talking about a kid who has leadership ability that is different, that is above and beyond what you normally see, uh, even at a school like Cass. And it was it was something that if you go back and you talk to Thomas Wiltshire about it, he did not want to do it. He did not want to play. Raheem Anderson, or he did not want he didn't want to play him as a freshman. He certainly didn't want him to be his captain. But you you saw a kid that just could not be held back. And so to to see him step into that arena and become a starter, he comes in, he has good weight, he's 6'3, he's about 300 pounds. If he can pick up the offense, really, really smart kid, bright kid too. But if he can pick up the offense, he's another guy that I think has the the mental makeup to not be intimidated by the magnitude of the moment, physically coming in in the spring or coming in, in the, for the winter term, I think helps get his body ready for that kind of challenge. Uh, and then I think he's a he's a guy that knows how to lead he's an, even as a young guy, which is the center position has to be a leader. But he's shown, even going back to high school, being a, a – a, think about that. At Cass Tech, you're a three-time captain. Four-year starter, three-time captain. This is a guy that has the makeup, I think, to be the exception to the rule that young linemen uh, don't play, let alone start. But, Bryce, you, I know you have seen Raheem a lot and talked to him a lot over the years. You talk about J.J. being impressive to talk to. Raheem might top him. I mean, he just – when you talk to him, you can see why people – so many people respect him and follow him. It's just the way he approaches everything he does in life, and especially, Sam, like you alluded to, that workout. When I went to that, I was expecting to see, I don't know, some adult, anyone, and he's carrying a bag of cones and, you know, all these things. And I'm like, what is he doing? Next thing I know, he's laying them down and he's with Deion Walker and uh, a couple other kids and he's showing them, you know, he's going, he does the first rep. And then from there, he's watching them after his rep and giving them pointers and say, hey, man, keep your head up. Come on, man. It's not a big deal. Next rep, you got it. Next rep, you got it. And they went for an hour and a half. And he had this laid out completely. I mean, there was no really big breaks of, okay, what do we do next? Let me check. He had everything laid out perfectly. I mean, this is like you do something at home in Sandy. It was like boom, 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 boom. So extremely impressive, extremely impressive offensive alignment too. I mean, especially when I would see him play in-game, he's telling his all their offensive alignment, hey, pick up this blitzer, you know, get this guy, get this guy. And he's pointing out guys before the snap. And I'm like, wow, he just, you can see, like you said, Sam, he just gets it. And that's just high level stuff that you don't see many 
high school offensive linemen do. So I think that's actually a pretty good pick as well. Yeah, it, it it'll be interesting. Like I said, now that doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't think that uh, you know the most ready guy, the the surest thing in the mix is Donovan Edwards. And so make no mistake, when we're talking about who's being helped the most, it's important to frame it correctly. You know where they are right now versus where they will be. My point in not picking Donovan Edwards here is that Donovan Edwards is going to play significantly. He was going to play significantly if he wasn't an early enrollee. So the amount of room for him to grow is not as substantial as it is for the guys that we that we listed here. Right now, would I pick Raheem Anderson to come in and start? No, I would not. But I think with that, like I said, I think with a great spring where he grasps the offense and a great fall camp, uh, you know, summer conditioning and then fall camp, because uh, you want to make sure that physically he's ready to go. Uh, I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance, Steve. And time will tell, man. Time will tell. Not trying to put pressure on the kid, but this is why you enroll early, right? To give your put yourself in a better position to play. And that's even for a young lineman. Even for a young lineman, it can be beneficial. Him especially, I think he's because the need is so great too. I mean, they they need a center, Steve. So I mean, this is this is a role. And, and Greg Crippen, Greg Crippen could could play center too. So I don't want to leave him out of that mix. I just I just know Raheem. You know, I don't know Greg Crippen's makeup as much as I know Raheem Anderson. Maybe it's Greg Crippen, uh, you know, that that grows the most over the course of the next, you know, four or five months. But I, I certainly wouldn't bet against Raheem Anderson. Wasn't it Allen, but the story about him starting is that he said he was going to come in. Did he kind of call his shot? He did call his shot. Right? <laughs> that's what I that's what I always I remember Allen wrote that. I was like, oh, this kid. This is this guy's got this guy's got a future for sure. You know, you remember Michigan took Crippen and there was questions for a little while about where Raheem would fit in Michigan's class. You know, there was a question if they were even gonna keep going with him or not. And uh that was one was like, you can't you can't let this kid get out of the state. You can't let him go anywhere else. This is a this is a kid. Reminds me of Cesar Cesar Ruiz. Um mm-hmm. right and and I, I thought it'd be I think he'll be a captain someday. Uh, you have a kid that young. That's just one of those things that just when you you cover all these kids is that's something that sticks with you and you hear something like that. A kid is a true freshman or a freshman in high school walking into one of the most storied high school programs in the state ever and in the country saying I'm going to I'm going to win I'm going to win the I'm going to win the starting job uh, my freshman year and, and he did it and like you said three-time captain at a school like Cast Tech is just uh, if we're a guy like Wilcher, uh, that says a lot for Wilcher to, you know, to ha- as a three timer. I mean, that's just that's impressive. Uh, that's what you want from a center. You know, leadership at the center position is it's most of them are, but that's like a different level uh, as far as a high school kid goes. So great pick. I've liked him. You know, like I said, I've liked him for a long time. I think, I think we all have. I think we've all been pretty big fans of him and, and his future. So, yeah, well, um, you you want to you want a glimpse of. Sharon Moore as an offensive line recruiter, go and ask Raheem Anderson, who was responsible for recruiting him to Michigan. He'll say Sharon Moore. So I'm just saying, you got a glimpse right there. You got a glimpse right there with with Raheem. But guys, all right, so we got our picks down. I'm sure we'll put this on the board too and ask people to, to make their picks or say what they think of our picks. Do you agree? Do you disagree? That'll be a fun exercise as we – Watch Michigan go through this spring ball. That is underway. But that's uh, another recruiting insider in the books. When we come back next week, we'll be talking rankings, rankings update. Aren't you guys happy that you don't have to do rankings updates? These, This is that time where I don't envy Steve Wilfong. I don't envy Alan True and, and Huffman and Biggins and Don. I don't envy Ivans. I don't envy those guys at all when it comes to the rankings because I it just seems like to me, that more people wind up upset than happy. Don't you guys get that feeling from watching how the rankings fall uh, every time an update happens? So I think I bet Barton smoked a cigar or had a glass of whiskey when the first thing he after he took that Vanderbilt jobs because he didn't have to deal with any more rankings days. Uh, if you've ever been on our blue board, that's our main twenty four seven board. Uh, where the bulk of the obviously each individual site will have their own discussion about it, uh, but that is you want entertainment. Uh, 
we're releasing the rankings on Wednesday. Go to our national blue board and look at the ranking. Um, it is the, the ranking thread. It is, I, I, I don't even, it's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Texas A&M and Texas people like freaking out. Yeah. Florida. It's all like rivalries with, you know, all going at it. It's just, it's a mess. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I always says like, you gotta have thick skin. Doesn't even describe um, what you have to have. You hate every program. You love every program. It's, it's, it's insanity. Uh, you think like a message board is, I think is always kind of looked at as being a crazy place. This is like next level message boarding um, for rankings day on our, on our national board. Yeah, so. Think about it. I mean, hell Donovan, who we talked about on this show, he got a five, he got his fifth star. <laughs> he went after the rankings. So you got, you got kids that go after the rankings. You have parents that go after the rankings. You have, coaches that go after the rankings and you didn't even get to the fan the fan bases too yeah you can have that job <laughs> that's why i love our guys man alan yeah, yeah. i always think be, alan will be the guy i'll be thinking of on wednesday now that barton's not in the mix anymore so <laughs> yeah yeah but great job as always guys folks thanks for listening to this podcast if you like it be sure to rate it and review it and let me mention before we go the best deal ever on 24-7 Sports is going on right now and only for a limited time. I can mention it on this podcast because you got a few weeks. But after that, I mean, this is not like the other promos that we run and there's a promo this month and there's a promo next month to entice people. No, this best deal of the year, it'll be a long, long time before you see anything like this again. Right now, 50% off an annual subscription to the Michigan Insider also gets you an annual sub to CBS All Access, which soon will become Paramount Plus. Great original programming. If you were, a, you know, a Stephen King fan that that um, the series The Stand uh, they have on on CBS All Access right now. Great original programming. More on the horizon. You get access to that in a day and age where all of these networks have their add-on services. You get this connected to your Michigan Insider subscription. And it's 50% off. That's less than, that's about 15, 15 cents a day. You cannot beat it. The value added is outstanding. Just go over to the site. And this is available to monthly subscribers too. You can upgrade to an annual subscription for 50% off. And you also get an annual sub to CBS All Access. Do not miss out on the deal. It does not get better than this. And it's only available for a limited time. So take advantage while you can. That will do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Be sure to rate this podcast if you like it, review it, tell all your friends about it. Back next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.